the talk of Chicago and the voice of the nation is 1690 WVON, Berwyn, Chicago. The views expressed on our programs are not necessarily those of WVON, Midway Broadcasting Corporation, or our participating sponsors. Live from the Xfinity Studios at WVON. The Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. Good afternoon, WVON family, and thank you for sharing your very nice Sunday morning uh, afternoon with us, and it is a really unusually nice day. Well, thanks for the weather, dear God. Thank you for this weather. This is WVON 1690 AM, the talk and the top of Chicago. I'm Chinta Strasberg, producer and co-host of the On the Case show. My co-host is Ken Hunley, publisher of 316 Magazine, and I'm editor-in-chief of that magazine. It's a 10-year-old gospel magazine um, that um, has we've made a lot of difference in this town. We're in a thousand black churches, and we're growing every single day. Our call-in number here at WVON is three one two three seven four eight one three zero. Again, that's three one two three seven four eight one three zero. And your comments and questions, of course, are always welcome. Now, our latest sponsor, Cook County Treasurer Maria Pappas, who is asking you to go to w- Cook County Treasurer. Dot com. That's CookCountyTreasurer.com to see if your taxes are delinquent and going up for the auction at the tax sale that starts May the 8th. Visit CookCountyTreasurer.com and put in your address to check to see if your taxes are up for sale. Secondly, search for $479 million in refunds. And thirdly, see if you are missing out on $439 million in available tax exemptions. Put Again, put your address in as cookcountytreasurer.com. You know, Reverend Jesse Jackson got $4,000 back that he didn't know, and so many others have come through. And, you know, don't forget, Treasurer Maria Pappas has established two outpost offices. They're satellite offices in the community to help you get your refunds and to make sure that your home is not on the tax sale. One is located at the Rainbow Push Coalition headquarters. That's located at 930 East 50th Street. The hours at Push uh, are from Tuesdays from 12 noon to 7 p.m. and Fridays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then she put another satellite office on the west side, and that's located at the Abundant Life Community Center, 2622 West Jackson Boulevard, and that's headed by Reverend Johnny Miller, who is the executive director. Now, today is first Sunday, which means our show on the case is sponsored by Dr. Jim Economist, who has the best dental group in Bartlett, located in the far northwest part of Cook County. Welcome, Dr. Economist. How are you, Jim? I'm doing good. It's nice to be here. As you say, on this beautiful day, it's uh, very nice. And thank you for sponsoring today's show. It's always a pleasure. Congratulations go out to St. Sabina for partnering with the Push Excel program to teach youth to become outstanding orators. Their first class, um, the session met yesterday, but the first class really is May, uh, I'm sorry, March the 7th. And that's going to be at St. Sabino. Uh, that's going to be with a dozen students already have signed up and some adults, too. Father called the program nothing short of amazing. And, you know, of course, we all know it's taught by Cook County Judge Stanley Hill. The Orator program is taught by Judge Hill. We thank Reverend Jackson and Reverend Jeanette Wilson, who is National Executive Director for the Push Excel program, for having this excellent program, and it is truly amazing. Now, one of the Push Excel students, Nelson Simmons, he's 12 years old. He performed last Friday at Treasurer Pappas' Black History Program. The audience was astounded at his performance. Little Nelson is now a professional actor as well. Now, the first known death in the United States from the uh, coronavirus was reported in Kirkland, Washington, near Seattle. The first defense against coronavirus coronavirus is to wash your hands 20 seconds. That's the proper hand washing. Did you know that 95% of people don't wash their hands correctly? 
no wonder people are getting that virus. It was, it was no surprise that Joe Biden won the South Carolina primary, but the race for the Oval Office is far from over. Democratic presidential candidates now turn towards the 16 contest on Super Tuesday. Biden received nearly half of the vote in every county in the state in South Carolina. Biden uh, took, however, it, the reason I say it's not over is because Biden took fourth place in Iowa, fifth place in New Hampshire, second place in Nevada, but it was the black vote that got him that victory in South Carolina. Bernie Sanders finished the distance second 20, with 20% of the vote. Mayor Pete finished fourth, and Elizabeth Warren fifth. Please don't ever let people tell you your vote doesn't count, for it will be your hands that choose who sits in the White House come 2021, and it should be someone familiar and have worked with the black agenda. Billionaire Tom Steyer dropped out of the presidential race. Should uh, billionaire Michael Bloomberg do the same thing? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would say that, Jim. What about Bernie Sanders and the other Democratic candidates? Do you think they should drop out, too? Yep, I think Trump's going to win it, and he's going to keep on leading the country to prosperity. Yeah, all right. Yeah, right. If we want to defeat <laughs> Trump, Jim, it will have to take the support of, of supporting one strong candidate. Well, Trump's the strong candidate. I mean, you should hear, listen to people like Candace Owens and some of these other people that have kind like of... Like Limbaugh, please. Well, Limbaugh, too, but no, Candace Owens. Do you have your, ever listened to her? I never heard of him. Oh, no, her. Candace Owens. She's, uh, I never heard of her. She's a little firecracker. I'm sure she I'll is. I'll share some stuff with you. If she's a, if she's a Trump supporter? Absolutely. Uh-huh. She's <laughs> leading the Blexit movement. The what kind of movement? The Blexit, Black Exit Movement from the Democrats. What is that? Well, I mean, as we all complain about the state of affairs here in Chicago and Illinois, 90% of the black vote goes Democrat, and what do you get for the money? There's no competition for the black vote. That's why people are taken for granted. So what is this movement? What is the purpose of this movement? Well, it's called Blexit to get people to quit blindly voting Democrat and maybe have some competition for your vote so you get some better results. Yeah, right. Well, first first of all, you know, if you keep your own money, that's your empowerment. When you have a, a government that takes your money away visa taxes and regulations, that's less money in your pocket, and all you're doing is feeding a fat pig known as government. For example, we were talking about two weeks ago when that gentleman's running for the assembly. In Illinois, they have something like 7,000 layers of government. I mean, it's stupid. In, in places like Florida, they have sunset laws, so they can basically make these unneeded programs disappear, and the expense goes with it. Do you agree with Trump that they should, the immigrants should not get food from the United States? Well, I, I don't think he's quite saying that, but I think... That's what he's saying? He's cutting off their any benefits to them? Well, you know, I think it depends on the circumstances, but a lot of people come here to take advantage of this, and then when you sit there, we got, we're doing too much, or we're not helping our own folks, you know, like your veterans, for example, then they complain. So it's like you can't win or can't lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, anyway, tomorrow starts early voting in the wards. It started last week uh, at the Super super loop site but in all 50 wards you can early vote and we have now in the studio uh, lana mcswain she's author of spine of the temple and it is did i say that right yes you okay did. spine of the temple yes and it is a book on the effective methods of, ex- of executing administrative excellence in ministry and the marketplace welcome to on the case thank you so much glad to be here all right so now tell me what do you mean spine of the temple <laughs> i'm glad you asked um actually um Spine of the temple, when you think about the body, um, well, I was inspired by this because of my role, Uh, but as a spine is part of the anatomy, uh, we understand that the spine is necessary for the body to operate and to function properly. There are actually five uh, components to the spine, and four of them I have listed and referred to in my book, um, basically to indicate its functionality and how your body has to have it in order to function properly. With that being said, if in fact it is not functioning properly, if it's malfunctioning in any way, shape, or form, then the body is either paralyzed, it's uh, it's not functioning or operating properly. So as a result, it's necessary for it to be functioning, the spine to work, all aspects of it to work. That being said, uh, as it is in businesses and organizations and churches, in the church office, um, it is so very necessary uh, that administrative support 
is uh, is needed, and um, that's hence that's where spine of the temple uh, comes from. So to just show how important the spine is and the support is to the body, to the churches, and to the business. Well, that's a very creative title. As a matter of fact, I'm a big believer in chiropractic. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I've, I've been in data dental school now for 40 years, and I don't have any problems with neck pain or back pain because uh, one of my f- friends that was one of my friends for many years until he p- passed away, sadly, about eight years ago, um, every time I had a little problem, I'd go and be adjusted and click, 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 and I felt like a million bucks. Oh, wow. And I have another friend of mine that is uh, local in my off- my near, near, near my office at, and the same thing. He goes in there. I got a little... You know, he's got this little thing. It looks like a little. It's like a little. Looks like a little like a pop gun. Chuk, chuk, chuk. Uh-huh. It's like an adjuster. It really works great. So I go in there once in a while, even just for a tune-up, even if I'm not having any pain or anything. You know, I go in there and fix me up, and I keep going. It, and you keep good. moving, right? That's but prior right. Prior to that, it wasn't. You couldn't move that well, correct? Well, it's 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 really not fun when you have a lot of pain. Absolutely. You can't move. So you gotta, you know, take care of yourself. That's why people, you know, should watch what they eat. You don't have to be PC as far as food, but you know, you don't want to be too too big you know you want to be able to function and things and you want also speaking of good health care when your oral care is good the rest of your body stays well because a lot of people don't connect uh, their mouths with their bodies and if people have a chronic amount of time with gum disease and broken down teeth those those people have more problems with heart attacks and strokes as they get older because all that bacteria that's inside your mouth causing these problems eventually can cause you other illnesses but when people are younger it's like I always use sports for for an analogy. You know, you see these guys playing football and baseball, all 20-something years old, making the big money. And they can do that because they're 20-something years old. But in 20 years, you go from being a player to a coach because you can't do things athletically. And so if you take care of yourself, the things that you avoid as you get older will pay for itself in the sense of prevention and things like this. Okay, let's take Melvin on line one. Melvin? Huh. How's everybody doing this afternoon? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are on you? this nice Sunday. I'm doing good. Uh, I think uh, the, this Democrat, I'm going to speak about the, Demo- the debate. I'm going to uh, say what they're talking about. Uh, it's been a good, it was a good Democrat debate uh, from uh, that came in yesterday. And I think what's going on is that uh, I don't understand why Tom Steyer dropped out of the race because he seemed to pick up third and he talked about reparations. Um, the uh what they're talking about now they I don't think they're talking about the uh virus the the, the 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 virus and all that stuff they should they should be more closely aligned to that the next time they ask the question come up it's too much down here, and the gun violence I think they ask some good questions based on gun violence and I think it's gonna happen is we knew and I knew that everybody. Once, once Joe Biden got down to South Carolina, he's going to pick up those votes. Uh, you're not going to beat Joe, uh, you're not going to beat Joe Biden because uh, down there, because see, the people down there know him. The people down there are, are fairly aligned with him. You can, you, you, everybody else can uh, go up ahead of Joe Biden in South Carolina. But once he get down there. Black people are going to going to latch on to him. Well, he won. He won South Carolina. You know. Yeah, I wasn't surprised about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Bernie Sanders, I was surprised he picked up some good votes down down in, in South Carolina. Now he, North, now North Carolina coming up uh, pretty soon, and you got the, uh, you got a lot of crossovers from North Carolina to South Carolina. However, uh, one we should start when they talk about this virus, we should start praying, praying that uh, everything is going to be all right. Yeah, I don't care what Trump says. I don't care what everybody says. Trump, okay, he, he so is there. Everything is good about that. He's got people appointed, appointed to that, or uh, trying to appoint people to that. But that doesn't stop us from saying us from praying because it sounds like uh, you don't have to pray. You don't have to uh, go through all that. No, you, you you said that too about the Affordable Care Act. Back when he first became president, you don't need all this care. We're going to stop this here because it's it's too much money. But he forgot that some of the lot of the people that voted for him, the Republicans, voted for him, voted to keep that uh, care act. But they didn't know that the Affordable Care Act was the same as the Obamacare. And when they found out, they told the Republicans in the Senate and the House and Trump. 
don't cut off their Medicare. And and uh, they had to chase down a lot of their Republican constituents. They had to chase them down, uh, especially the Senate. Anytime they try to chase them down, they have means. They, they, they run from them. The Republicans in the Senate and the House run from them. In other words, oh no, we we can't we can't have we can't face our constituency. We got to keep this going the way we want it. Well, thank God you know, for thank God for uh, uh, John McCain who who started who kept this Affordable Care Act going before he. Before right, can he I, can I remind you, sir, that the Affordable Care Act is anything but affordable. It's like a lot of political bills have a name. It's like the, the sweet and sour uh, bill, and it's supposed to be sweet and sour, but it's really nothing. See, if, if uh, Obamacare, okay. hold on, my friend. Well, I'll ask you three questions. If Obamacare is so good, first of all, why are members of Congress exempt from it? If Obamacare is so good, why are medical di- okay, devices? I'll tell you why they, I don't give, because a lot of times we don't know that they're exempt from uh, Well, they're exempt from it. And also, yeah, if yeah, Obamacare is so good, hold on. Why, uh, why they're exempt from it? Instead of saying, well, you don't need it, they have, a, have, they have to have a meeting with the uh, constituents across this country about why well, they're accepted from it. This is the why arrogance of these people in government. We, we, I, I don't know, but they ought to communicate with their own people and communicate with us. Well, they okay. do. It's called right to the public. That's not right. Okay, thank you, Melvin. And right, Jim, Melvin. Jim, I disagree with you, and they should be exempt. The Congress why? should be exempt because they have the best health insurance there is. And we and can't have it? And their children... Their children don't have to pay student loans. They had a lot of perks. Let's well, go and to... also, uh, one more thing. If Obamacare was so good, why are medical devices taxed? And also, if Obamacare was so good, one of the high costs of medicine is frivolous lawsuits. Let's go to Eunice on line two. Eunice? <laughs> uh, Eunice, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm having trouble with my... Eunice, are you there? Is she there? Hello? Eunice, where are you? you're yes. on the air. Well, hello, uh, Jim. Yes, ma'am. How are you? Well, thank you, uh, Chinton and, and Jim. I want to thank you for sponsoring the show. Is that once a month you sponsor? Yes, ma'am, and I'm proud to be here. And even though we don't agree with things, we, we disagree without being well, disagreeable. That's right. But that's what I call for. You always blame the Democrats. And why can't you accept the, the fact that Trump is a liar, he's immoral and ungodly man? Well, all right, tell me how he lies. If the pe- about everything he like lies, what? give me two say, examples. He lies about the, he knows everything. Like what? He can do everything, and if the people who say they support him, and you don't tell him he is wrong, it only embellishes his uh, deceit. Okay, the, the only and thing no I will better, wait a minute, and yeah. you're no better than he is if you hold him up. If Trump, he may have been a pers- better person if he had been in been put in check. The worst person may do good, but if all his Bad deeds outweigh the good ones all for naught. And you need to change and start telling the truth also because well, you get on and try to tell black people what to do, what to do that. Okay, and like you're, I said, you're just, I let me respond to that. Sponsoring, right. But you remind me of a person that sneaks around and get information and take it back. Okay, you just, but, let me ask you a question. Can I raise your taxes or can government raise your taxes? Okay, can I do anything to you? Can I make you pay more for rent? For example, because your your water bill goes up, like the city of Chicago raised their water bill almost a hundred percent in in the last eight or ten years. You know, can, can, what what can I do to you as a person? Your government can screw you every day. Is what they do. You know, all these taxes. You know, the bag tax. You know, they tax bottled water. You know, I saw, saw uh, uh, Tony Taxwinkle at this uh, push event. And I asked her, I said, why, why do you support a pop tax that causes jobs to leave and sales to leave the country, the county? And she looked at me kind of like with this, uh, uh, a deer with his eyes in the headlights. Well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. But her policies cause jobs to be lost. In Philadelphia, the pop tax has ruined a lot of the pop business in, in the Philadelphia. And when they had the pop tax in here in, in Cook County, I call it Crook County, there were stores like there was a Sam's Club, which is now closed, by the way, in Streamwood, because, you know, they didn't have enough business. And, but when that pop tax was in effect, all the shelves were full of pop. And you could go to a county, like King County is nearby, a half mile away, and they had their sales were, were through the roof. So when you raise taxes, Eunice, it's not me or Trump that's doing this. It's your local politicians lying to you, telling you stuff that isn't going to be true because things never, ever turn out to be the way they're proposed to be, which is part of the problem with government. Eunice? Eunice, are you still there? 
Okay. Well, oh. uh, the, Jim, uh, regarding the lies that you know Trump is, has told Give me and some continues examples. to tell, uh, as of December the 10th, it's a part. It's, it's part of his personality, Jim, to be a, a liar as, to the public. Well, I mean, as as a, what politician I can make a lie. song from um, Trump's telling so many lies to the public. Well, give me I some can um, edit examples. Come on, we ain't got this show is only what thirty minutes left. Well, that's right. We ain't got the time. <laughs> we won't cut out the commercials. <laughs> cut out the commercials. But Trump, as of December the tenth, twenty nineteen, has told fifteen thousand four hundred thirteen untruths during his uh, presidency. Wow. That's as, a, is as from, of is December from the tenth of last year. <laughs> this is a fact checker, Washington Post. Yeah, well, the ball post. Let's let's go to Earl on uh, line three. <laughs> Earl, are you there? Earl. Earl, you're on the case. The Duke of Earl. Now, I do agree with one thing, Jim. They all do lie. That's right. All politicians. Now, one of the things that we want we're to talk about. I can't say just all, but for the most part, they do tell lies. But see, Trump fulfills his promises. Which which ones? Again, we ain't got enough time on the show for that. (laughs) Going back to that one. The one one thing I did want to talk about today is, is, and I brought my MIGS. uh, See, a lot of people, a lot of people don't even, too bad we don't have Facebook here, but. I have a picture of the old airport, MIGS Airport. It's called uh, the Magnificent Mile. It's the coolest airport, you know, on the lake. That airport was criminally destroyed by Daly in 2003. I think it was March 30th, if I'm not mistaken. He went out with police escorts, and, and they had concrete cutters. There was a light on the planet. There was a camera on the planetarium, so they took a light and put it into the lens of the camera so they couldn't see what was going on. They proceeded to cut X's in the runway. And, of course, that made the airport unusable. There were airplanes that were there that night, and they had to take, so take off in the taxi so they could leave the airport. But the loss of that r- airport is, a, to me, is a major gash in Illinois' economy because before, people would come in, fly in, maybe go see a Bears game, go downtown. A lot of people just come in and do business downtown. McCormick Place, I think, has definitely been very hurt by, by MIG's closure because back then you could fly in, bring supplies to, to McCormick Place, get back and forth with the fluidity of an airport being right there, that's all gone now. And my question to you is, yes. why do you think Daly destroyed the airport? Well, I I think it's, well, it was a criminal act. I mean, supposedly he bought a, a someplace near the airport and they didn't like the noise or they're concerned about security. But, see, that airport had a control tower that was open, so there's actually more security. But, you know, even today, you know, if there there's a there's – a, there's a, uh, it's called the Eisenhower Corridor. You can take a small airplane. You can fly about 1,800 feet right over Roosevelt Road, just south of the Eisenhower. You're, you're under O'Hare's airspace. You're under uh, MIGS airspace. But you're right there. You fly right by the Sears Tower, right over Soldier's Field. If somebody wants to do something nuts, they could do that. In no, fact, a couple no, years no, ago. No doubt Chicago um, does need a, a third airport. Right. And in the future, I'm looking at maybe the south suburbs. Well, could that's use the, um, aviation, but MIGS is already there. That air, see, if you go back and look at the history, back with like the early 1900s, uh, Burnham and some of these early leaders back then, they created that space for the planetarium, for the shed aquarium, and for the airport. Now, the airport didn't get built until after World War II because of you know the Depression. They had that ex- exposition there in the 30s, I think. But, you know, airports generate money. And, and, and I do agree. And, and on, on that note, now you do personally own a, a jet, right? Am I no, correct? I don't have a jet. I'm not, you don't I'm, have a jet. I'm not rich. No, I have a small airplane. <laughs> but you do have an airplane, right? Well, I'm, I've been a pilot since uh, I bought my airplane in 1995. It's called the Mooney. It's a single-engine airplane with retractable gear. seats four people. Um, it's, you know, as kind of a side note, the reason why my two teenage daughters are here right now, they're now 17 and 16, was because way back then, my, their mother used to live in Maryland, so I'd fly back and forth from here to... Uh, in fact, back then, you could land at the Reagan Airport right on the Potomac River. So now, now I know why you take it personal. They shut that po- airport down. Well, they did after 9-11. I mean, the Reagan Airport's still open for commercial. I'm talking about MiGs. Oh, well, maybe that was okay. criminal, criminal destruction. But, <laughs> okay. see, back in the old days, I mean, you could fl- from here to D.C. is like two and a half hours to get there. So she was living there, so I'd go back and see her a few times. You know, And then after a while, I'd come back to Chicago. We got married, and my kids were born. So if it wasn't for my airplane, my teenage daughters wouldn't be here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, All right. No. Let's, let's go to line one, Brother Hall. Brother Hall. Brother Hall. Hey, hey. What's going on, everyone? Brother hey, Brother there. Hall. Good afternoon. All right. Since uh, there's a group that's incarcerated listen to this show so i want you to know ken you and Tenta that you do a great job that information that i text you Tenta, i know they're listening so i need y'all to give me that information so i can get it to Tenta because you keep asking me have i spoken with her i have on another note um we're in trouble here and why are we in trouble because while we are talking about 
uh, Trump, who we all know, whether he's a liar or not, the media, the mainstream media allows him to get away. No fact-checking, none of that stuff. So we know that. You can just look around in the room. How many black uh, 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 correspondents do you see in the room in his press room? That kind of tells me something right there, right? You know, I would I would love nothing more than to have a Chinta Stroudsburg in, in, in one of those rooms to be able to ask the real relevant questions to the African-American community. So I don't spend my time or waste any time talking about Donald Duck. I mean, Mr. Trump, <laughs> right? Right. So what my, my, my thing is that we have all politics are local. And from a local perspective, we're in trouble. I want you to know that we're in trouble in terms on some of these races and particularly Kim Fox. One of the things that the dry bones are doing, we're making our own literature. We're getting it out. I called the show to let your listening audience know if someone needs a poster of Kim Fox to please, my number is there at the, at the, um, at the station, to call me and I'll get some of my guys to deliver a poster to you personally. So, you know, I'm not going to waste a lot of this nonsense on on this guy, because let me just tell you something, Jim. I know you're a Republican. I ain't mad at you, bro. But he is very dangerous. We're living in some dangerous times, man. Anytime that we have a crisis and a guy is hollering about, well, that's nothing but a hoax, and then when they address him, he, he flips the script. Oh, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking, come on, man. Well, okay, you know, first of all, you when you politicize a disease, that's just frankly wrong. You don't have to be, let me finish, sir. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand where this guy is and what he don't know. See, what frightens me, Jim, anybody that don't read from a teleprompter, brother, that frightens me. That frightens me, bro. And and you never see him reading, throwing his eye. He just say whatever comes to his head, man. Well, and they he know also that. does a lot of stuff with the tele- teleprompter as well. You can see it when he gives his speeches. Well, you but know, see, let's talk about something in safety. Sanctuary city policies. All Democrats are in favor of sanctuary cities. You I know don't that? Well, you Democrats. should. Do you, you like more Jim, crime or less crime? Jim, let me just tell you this, Jim. We know what, what, what you should be concerned about is people cracks. We need to be concerned about the injustices of people on these jobs that's non-black. These, these are real. Well, that's not Trump's fault. That's your city. That's local I problems. know about these Democrats. Some of them have been playing this for 30 and 40 years. That's my point. And the same way with Republicans, but they all are in the bed together in some sense. No. I think, brother, that we ought to go to a human service mentality on how we treat the less to be who don't have anything. Those are the real issues. Trump and all this other stuff. It means zero to me, brother Hall. I, you, I have brother, a homework suggestion for you. Let me say, I thank you for I thank you for sponsoring the show. Thank and you. For the, and those who don't care for <laughs> Jim's views, if we want to, if we want to help Chester and Brother Ken, we need to be about the business of sponsoring her show. And y'all have a good day. Thank you, brother Hall. Brother Hall, I have one uh, homework <laughs> suggestion for you. You can go back to the late eighties, eighty nine or ninety, and there's videotape of Jesse Jackson. <laughs> And well, Al he, Sharpton, he's gone, yeah, Jim. He's still gone. Yeah, yeah, but there's there's tapes of of as Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton giving Trump praise for all the work he created for all those projects that went on in New York City back then, including a lot of blicks. Also, Trump won the uh, there was this uh, Ellis Island Award because he gave opportunities for kids to go to schools and things like this. Trump has always been a very you know philanthropical type of guy. He's helped people of all sorts, and all of a sudden when he starts to run for uh, president they want to you say he's a racist well he doesn't run from things like that the way there's all these cowardly politicians do well i'm going to flip the, the chapter we're going to go back to lana mcswain's book again <laughs> spine of the temple uh effective methods to execute administrative excellence in ministry and marketplace why should i buy this book well uh many of the organizations currently uh have support staff support staff is vital and critical to uh, the structure of the organization, the success of the organization. And so buying this book will help leaders understand our role and in, 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 as a support person, how vitally important we are to their organization. And in addition, it also will provide uh, strategies and methodologies to uh, the administrative staff to understand their value, what they bring to the table, how important their role is. And uh, oftentimes I think we don't 
uh, really value. I don't have the, the self-confidence as, uh, as support staff to know even though our names are not mentioned or we're not necessarily recognized frequently or compensated to the degree that we think, uh, just understand that your role, what you bring to the table, who you are is vitally important to the organization because again, without the spine, the body can't function. Without the support staff, you have a, a paralyzed organization. And so that is what basically I want people to understand. So it can come dual. There, there's like a dual perspective here. You can understand it. Look, read the book and understand from an administrative uh, perspective how important you are. And then the leader or the executive or the pastor can understand how important we are as well. And then uh, ultimately, hopefully, have a different perspective and we can bring about more harmony, more happiness, more love, more support, more money Amen. <laughs> within it, within your organization. Elena, I did attend uh, Linus McSwain's book signing on Friday. You know, I enjoyed myself. It was a great event. Um, Music, a husband who in the studio, um, Bishop Anthony McSwain, um, performed (laughs) that day. You know, so I I had a great time um, at your book signing. um, And I got a copy of the book as well. So I encourage the On the Case listeners to um, purchase the book. Um, Can they go online and yes, actually, they can go to Amazon.com. It's Spine of the Temple. It's you can purchase it there. In addition, I have my, on my website. You can go to the website uh, at spineofthetemple.com and purchase uh, your book there as well. What's yeah. it, what, What's your website again? It's spineofthetemple.com. So okay. www.spineofthetemple.com. I tell you, mm-hmm. Shanta, I have some experience, and I know exactly what she's talking about. When I first started on Three One Six Magazine in the in two thousand and ten, what happened is, is that. I had another name for it. Uh, when I called people, contact them, the churches mainly. And um, we, um, back then, we called it a, a gatekeeper to the point where they keep us away from the people we trying to reach. <laughs> so we try to reach out. I know out. about those Yeah, yeah, they, they, they try to keep it out. But I tell you, her book puts a, a different spin on it, and it, it enlightens um, the, um, the idea of, of a, a body of organization, where it starts at. So where it starts at is that first phone call, the person who answered that phone. You know, so that's like a representation of that company. Absolutely. And I do understand that because if you go to church or call a church and the person is nasty, that's your um, sense of what you think about that church Absolutely. itself. And you may not, you may not never visit that church because that, that person who answered that phone was rude. Yes. So this book teaches you etiquette? Yes, absolutely. And that's that I'm so glad you went in that direction because uh, a lot of times in the churches, you don't have the formally trained staff mm-hmm. uh, to actually administrate professionalism, demonstrate that, to uh, articulate that. And some of them have never been trained, never been taught, have no clue the best way to answer the phone, right. have no clue how to address guests, uh, have no clue how to uh, work effectively with the different types of personalities. Uh, it, when we when you're supporting a leader, you got the atypical, you got the B, uh, and so forth. And so as a result, my role, my book is going to start the process. You, uh, <laughs> you know what? I agree. They they don't show empathy, right? At all. You well, know? there's an old expression: you get more with sugar than you get with spice. So, <laughs> don't be nice and sweet, and better things happen. <laughs> so, who should who's going to teach the the congregation? So, so here, here here is where I'm hoping to be able be one of those to be an advocate and to be one to go about teaching. This is a market that we did a market analysis and basically to find out that it is un, almost uncharted territory to mm-hmm. to have someone to go in and teach the, the support staff within the churches, and we have thousands of churches all across the nation and abroad and so and and fortunately for me this is some this is fresh waters that I can tread upon and so I'm just believing God and along with some other uh, strategists and some other professional people Mm -hmm. to help me formulate and put together a a nice alliance and we start up go about with uh, beginning to strategize how we can go into the churches market ourselves and become the voice for the voiceless and to, to go in and show how we can uh, teach the support staff the more professional, effective uh, strategies and methodologies the how to do your job better and to be the best you that you can be in that role. So would you be teaching the congregation how to teach to uh, handle a, a parent or a mother or a dad who lost a child? Things no, like that? No. B- basically, mines would be as a support person. Okay, I've got, I have 35 years, uh, over 35 years in 
uh, corporate America, and I've worked simultaneously with not-for-profit organizations. Uh, and so with that, I've, I've worked for the C-suite executives, CFOs, COOs, uh, CEOs. And so that experience, bringing some of that professionalism into the churches uh, would actually take a church to another level. Uh, yeah. I see workshops. Yeah, I envision you doing workshops, yeah, conferences, workshops, even um, being a part of other conferences that already exist. Yes. You know, just to train individuals at those churches, even the deacons, the ushers, how to, you know, um, you know, talk to customers, you know, be polite. You know, uh, people come, people don't have to get up out out their bed and attend service. Absolutely. You know, so you have to be polite to people. So your book is, listen, I got copies. You have to read the book. Once you read the book, you understand exactly where she's coming from as far as from a professional um, level to talk with people and deal with people. Mm-hmm. Well, Absolutely. Sounds good. All right. Let's go to line one, Bob. You're on, on, on the case. Bob? Hey, how you doing, Chanta? Fine. How are you? Wonderful. This is a wonderful program you're having today. Thank you know, I really don't have an issue with anything that Jim says, per se, because he's got a point at it. You know, when you bring in immigration... The only people that it really hits the hardest would be the people that need the jobs the most. That's why, even though I'm over 60 and I look around at human resources and jobs and that, all the jobs I see say, are you bilingual? They'll say, we prefer bilingual. Or they'll say, you know, uh, are you bilingual? And so it's questionable because then I like saying, if you're not bilingual, then we'll discriminate against you. That's really a weird situation. However... Okay. On all to right. the presidential campaign and all of that. You know, I always have to work Cook County with whoever Treasurer's office. Um, Cook County Treasurer Maria Pappas wants you to go to cookcountytreasurer.com to see if your taxes are delinquent and going up for auction at the tax sale. And that starts May the 8th. That's the tax scavenger sale. You don't want your property to be on that. So I want you to visit Cook County Treasurer. Dot com and put in your address to find out if your taxes are up for sale. Secondly, search for $79 million in refunds. Thirdly, see if you are missing out on $39 million in available tax exemptions. Again, go to cookcountytreasurer.com. And thank you, Maria Pappas, for supporting our show. You know, there's one thing about Cook County, which is different from the other counties. It's kind of uh, unusual. All the other counties, you have to pay your first tax bill on uh, uh, June 1st. The second has to be paid roughly September 1st. If it's after Halloween, you have to pay with cash or a cashier's check. And if it's after, like, November 15th, 16th, then it goes with tax sale. The one thing Cook County does do is they allow you to pay that same tax into, like, May of the following year before it goes into tax sale and stuff. So that's one flexible thing that Cook County has, but unfortunately you pay a lot more money, so maybe that's why I had to give you the time <laughs> to pay for it. <clears throat> so, Kent, tell me something. What did you think of the South Carolina primary? You know, from what I've heard, um, I've been keeping track of it. I heard that um, Joe Biden won the, um, mm-hmm. the primary. You know, I, I've, um, he was looking for the black support. You know, that's all he kept saying when he was losing the race against um, the other gentleman, um, Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders. So, Comrade Bernie. You met Bernie, okay? I'm Red Bernie. <laughs> I, I can tell you, listen, he needed he needed that to stay in the race. Without that, he would probably be um, looking to excuse himself. Well, I'm glad Steyer dropped out, and I think uh, Bloomberg should, should go too. These guys come in just think they can throw their money around like they're God's second coming. The heck with them. They have no interest. I mean, for example, Bloomberg, you know, he was supporting a, a tax winkle to you know have the soda pop tax here in in Chicago, in Cook County. You know, and these arrogant people think they know better than you and I do as individual people. I resent these people, so I'm, I hope they both drop out. I'll tell you one thing Bloomberg has done that I have yet to see any candidate in the past 10 years do, and what he has done is put, what, $3.5 million into the black press. You know, um, no other candidate has done that. White, Joe Biden, um, Bernie Sanders, all the gentlemen, they want our vote. But they don't well, put money back into our industry. I'm all for spending money. You know, it's, it's a free market. I mean, there's no gun to his head. There's nobody taxing him to make him do that. That's his volition. I'm all for it. But if he loses, that's his tough luck, and he shouldn't complain. Hey, same thing. He, he's right. on TV saying, listen, I need the black vote, but yet he's not putting money back into black um, But see, economy. ask these guys that want the black vote, are they up for school vouchers choices? They're going to tell you no. Okay? People, for example, talk about Obama. You know, one of the things that Obama did when he first became president under the 
uh, direction of Dick Durbin was to, to eliminate the uh, school vouchers for kids in the Washington, D.C. schools. So that's not a school choice matter. That's making people stay in these failed schools. And this is one of the things that Trump addressed, for example, in the State of Union and other conservative people have. We want to give you school vouchers so you can have your choice on where you're going to send your kids to school. But Democrats do not like that to occur. And you see it all the time. And, uh, and none of these presidential candidates on the Democratic side will say, um, for school vouchers, Mm-mm, can't do that. You know, I don't, I don't care about that. Uh, if you want uh, charter schools, that's fine. But it should not, the money should not come out of the Chicago public school budget. Well, Get your own money. Well, but see, the, the problem is, though. And they're like, not as good as CPS anyway. Oh, I, listen, I sent my daughters to Catholic school in Algonquin. It was a, qu- a quarter of the cost of, of what normal tuition would be somewhere else. And they had a very good ed- education. Well, of because course. They because they don't indoctrinate them in all this That's trunk. a private school, of course. Well, it's better education. And that's, you know. And that's but why. What, what, what I'm saying is that if you want charter school, we have a, a bifurcated educational system as far as I'm concerned here in Chicago. You have the uh, CPS, the Chicago Public Schools, and then you have the charter schools, but they take money from our students. And well, they're not as good as the uh, Chicago Public Schools. I have a, a nice home in Elgin, Illinois. I have an acre and some property. I built a home myself. I'm proud of it. My taxes with senior citizen and homeowner exemption is almost $15,000 a year. Now, that same property in another state would probably be a third or less than that. Now, half of my tax bill goes to the public schools. Now, you're forced as a taxpayer, and if you rent an apartment, part of your rent pays the taxes, so we're all paying taxes for something. But you know, if Democrats are pro-choice, well, maybe pro-choice and make an education where I can take some of that tax money that I'm being forced to pay and direct it to where I want to versus some bureaucrat someplace telling me how to, where my kids should be educated. All right, let's take James on line one. James, welcome to On the Case. James? James. Hello? Hi, you're on On the Case. Yes, I would like to uh, uh, speak on the sanctuary city. Okay. Uh, I have some problems with Chicago being a sanctuary city. Uh, When all the ills has been happening in the black community... Why isn't there, there this a sanctuary city for the black communities? We are the ones getting shot in the back 16 times. We are the ones that's getting arrested the most. We are the ones that are uh, least employed in the black community. But yet in here, there isn't a sanctuary city for black people. How is that and why is that? I kind of concur with what Jim has been saying. Uh, the sanctuary city policy, I do not agree. I've been voting Democrat all my life here in America, done served this country, and what's so disheartening for me is for someone to come into the country and they get everything free for them. I get ticketed for red light cameras. I can't go to work. So That's when the Democratic is- way, my friend. <laughs> yes, the Democratic landmark, Jim. Uh, I can concur with what you've been saying here. It's Thank you, so brother. Sad, okay, as to black people in general, all our lives here in America, just about we've been voting Democratic, and we has got nothing for our vote. Do you know who Candace Owens is? Want to talk about Donald Trump? Yes, sir. I was. I served in the United States Marine Corps. Uh. I went in and evacuated American citizens out of Beirut, Lebanon, 10-23-1983, okay, when the Marine barracks got blew up. And to come home and receive the treatment that I has received uh, serving this country, uh, someone that is a illegal immigrant can come into the country and get compensated and more benefits than black people in the city of Chicago. Well, you know, also you have a lot of these uh, Democratic candidates are talking about extending uh, benefits for health care for people that are, are, are here so-called undocumented people. You know, just... I'll, How I'll, ridiculous. Why don't, well, they be, why don't they extend the benefits for... There's America. a lot of homeless vets that don't uh, do well, and you know. Yes, sir, I agree with you. On you that. know what, James? I think uh, when Brother Hall called in uh, a moment ago, I think he um, said exactly what I was thinking and feeling when he called in. The comments he made, and those comments um, were 
that it's a people problem that we have politicians in office. I wouldn't just pinpoint it as being Democrat. Right. I know it's mostly Democrats that's in office in, in it's Illinois. Policy. It's, it's policy. policy. I have a problem with that personally. Yes. Uh, I have a problem with the Democratic Party in Illinois as well as you. That's what I'm hearing from your comments. And also, Jim, as he mentioned, yeah, you say some things accordingly to what's going on in Illinois, the taxes on homes, um, yeah, outrageous. I tell people, there's more patients either because they pass away and move out of state. Yeah, it's, it's, We're going to lose it's, a congressional seat with the census coming up. Listen, I have a problem with that as well. And there's some places in America we've got a president that's a Republican I have a problem with. So well, we, we, have, we have to have a meeting in between of, of solving problems with people, putting the right people in those in positions well, to help us. Part of the solution is letting people parties, keep their own people. money. Lower taxes, you know, getting, getting the Jeff, government out of the way of people. That, help. But how Go right long, ahead, James. How long is this going to continue to go on? It starts with us, um, James. I mean, we pe- Until we get Trump <laughs> out of office. Well, you look at states, okay. look at states that out, attract people. Somehow we vote over 90% for the first black president in the United States of America. What was run back to the black community? Nothing. James, 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 do you support Trump? I'm starting to lean towards, yes, build a wall. James, James, listen Thanks to this. Thanks for your call. <laughs> I, I just want to say James. one thing to James. <laughs> That company made us. I want to say one thing. He mentioned how can we change this. We got a, a guest on the show, Alana McSwain here. Um, she has a book. She's a business person. We start with supporting one another. That's what we start with. Right, right then and right. there. And the second, the, there second, the, second, the second way is to get rid of Trump. Let's go to line two, Janice. <laughs> Janice, are you there? I'm with the man, Bill the Wall. My nephew came home from work in the only job in the military serving this country. I'm the only job he could get was at a submarine sandwich place and the Home Depot. He's, he went to truck driving school, and he, you know, and he said, I don't, I don't even like driving trucks. He couldn't, get a, he couldn't get a state job, and they're supposed to get first dibs. And as for choice in schools, all of our politicians have choice in schools, but the poor black person doesn't have a choice. He's suffering in bad schools. And as for Obama, he made it where 28,000 black kids couldn't go back to school because they changed the format for loans. Now, I'm not for Trump no more than for anybody else, but I tell you something, I've never, I haven't heard the Democrats say anything about black, but um, blacks and this illegal immigration. I've worked downtown. You can barely find a black man on a construction site. You have a better chance of winning a lottery. It's just wrong. And, and, and I'd like to know what school is that, what schools are those young people in that's in pushes, um, Oratory contest because I bet they're not in the low performing schools coming out of Chicago and no, out of the no, South No, no, sweetheart. They are, they are from <laughs> the Chicago public schools. And by the way, uh, Father Michael Flager has agreed to uh, have his students become a part of that program. And, and, and they're getting a good education over there at St. Sabinus, I believe. I'm talking about the kids that cannot read when they come out of 12th grade. That's the ones I'm talking about. We don't discuss that. And as for those kids, I remember that program that Jim's talking about in D.C. for black kids because the schools were so bad. We've got to care. My sister says there's white racism and there's black classism. She said all of my bad for us. We were talking about that this morning. Well, and it is the same. Well, the and student- we've got to see. And if Trump wins, it's not going to be any different than Obama in there. Neither one of them is going to do too much for the black folks. Well, the students but I in- hope he works with the black colleges like he said he's going to well, do. Well, Trump just uh, signed a bill. those young men out of jail. When whites are not going to jail now for this opium epidemic. All That's right. what I'm talking about. Well, how about that lady that Trump released that was in jail for a drug offense? Yes, for drug offenses. But the whites not going for that opium. That's a, it's a drug problem now. We well, were that's criminal. another reason why you want to build a wall, because a lot of... One of my patients uh, died about two years ago of fentanyl OD. And when I first found out about it, I asked the mother, I said, what happened? She didn't want to talk about it. And about six months later, the other brother came by and said, well, my mom said I can tell you now he OD'd in fentanyl. We get a lot of drugs coming over the border. You know, there's a wide open border, and if, you know, how much does that affect these people in the city? You know, I mean, I, I think legalizing pot. I see a lot of pot- whites downtown homeless right. who are on drugs, and you feel sorry for them as if it was a black person. I feel sorry for any child trapped on that stuff. I hear but, you. But our people went to jail. The white kids did not. They come if they need help. And it's funny how they can find places for them to go when black kids who really want to clean up, there was no place for them. Janice, who are you going to vote for for president? Well, as of now, it's Trump. My sister's not too happy about it, but um, I- I'm still working with her. I haven't given up on her yet. Hey, Janice, I want to meet your sister and talk to her. 
I don't know, Jim. She might curse you out. There ain't no That's right. Nice. Listen, I can be polite, and uh, I'm a polite guy. I know how to talk to people without being disrespectful. <laughs> okay. Before it is, like my mama say, you get more with sugar, and you get with spice. Listen, before and we got to open up these trays to our young men too. Those trays must be opened oh, up. Speaking of which, aviation. I was reading a a a, a, a little blob the other day, a blurb, um, a little comment. Boeing. It was predicting over the next 20 years we're going to need something like 750,000 people to work in the aviation field in terms of maintenance, service, and things like this. 750,000. But then you've got AOC, Bernie, all these other people talking about the Green Deal. We've got to do away with fossil fuels. So they're, all saying, they're almost saying we shouldn't fly in airplanes. That's a job killer, what these people are talking about. Kent, you had something to say? Listen, I, listen, I just want to thank Janice for her comments. She made her comments, her opinion, but I disagree with, with some of the things she was saying based yeah. on... Um, she has a right to say it. Right, she has a right to say it. her comments, which is fine. Right. It, it goes back again, what I said before she called. We support one another, truly support one another, and I just talk about what's going on. It starts with what's in our pockets. We purchase from one another. We can make change happen in our community. When we don't, here we are complaining about everything that's going on, starting with... Um, Omar, who works with PUSH, who has a trade program at PUSH to help um, blacks get contracts with um, on-site. Am I correct, Shanta? Because I know he has a, a program, an event coming up on March the 11th. Omar Sharif. Yes. So, yeah, we, we have to um, work together, and working together means spending money with each other. I mean, that's where it starts with. Well, you know, I have a term um, I call the economic diabetes. When the money doesn't flow, something dies, just like in the diabetic. Exactly, something dies, and, and it's been right. dying that's in why, our community. Well, that's why you I, want I, lower I, taxes, and you want people not like these, like uh, Senator Taxwinkle, that want to tax soda pop, tax bags, tax water, and all this other kind of stuff, so people go elsewhere and do their shopping. That means inner-city kids cannot get entry-level jobs because the businesses aren't here, because these politicians cause roadblocks. I'm talking about the basics. And going back to you, you want to add to this, Alana? You know, I, I agree with what Jim is saying. I really do. And then irrespective of what is going on in terms of our, our culture, our black community, and how we feel about Trump, I get it. And I think ultimately it's because of the results of we're, – we're feeling bad because we're not – we're being disrespected more so. We were – being as a race of people. Well, I be more competitive with the vote and things will change. So, well, let me, let me just read a small paragraph to end this uh, sentence. It was, I was just reading an We aviation. only have 30 seconds. Okay. A recent fuel stop down south got me talking with some local pilots who said they practically have to beg the mechanic on the field to work on their airplane or they're left grounded. It's becoming more apparent that with baby boomers hitting retirement age, the new blood is needed and needed quickly. Boeing's research backs us up. With its two, two 2019 pilot and tech outlooks stating that okay. the world needs more than 750,000 new mechanics, technicians over the next 20 years to maintain the global fleet. Jim, Jobs. Jim, thank you so much for your comments and for supporting today's show. Lana McSwain, do go out and buy <laughs> Spine of the Temple. You can get it at Amazon.com. Kent Hunley, thank you so much for being you, my Shanta. co-host. It has been great. And your husband, I don't know his name, but hello, Bishop husband.